You are listening to the Grace Church of Mapton podcast. This week's sermon by Pastor Adam Copenhaver covers 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49. Thanks for listening. Well, thanks, Ryan, for reading our passage. We're continuing today in the book of 1 Corinthians and getting near to the end of the book here. You can see if you flip ahead that there's 16 chapters to the book. We're in chapter 15 and actually getting even close to the end of chapter 15. This is a long chapter, chapter 15, a long chapter that's all about the resurrection. And this is the longest chapter in the whole Bible about the resurrection. This is the most detail, in fact, that we find about the resurrection in the Bible. And so this chapter invites us to really think hard about our hope of resurrection. And in that sense, it's a chapter that's full of hope. And so you know and I know that we live in a fallen world, that our world is full of sin and rebellion against God, and that in our world and in our own lives, we face the consequences of the sin and fallenness of the world. The pain, the suffering, sickness, brokenness, grief, death. And it seems like, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, it feels this way to me oftentimes, like the hardships of the world never stop coming. Like just the time you think that you got through one difficult thing and you think, okay, now I'm on the other side. Now life will be the way it's supposed to be. Now I can take it easy and relax a little bit. Things will be happy now or what have you. And just the time you think you've gotten through the hard stuff, another thing comes along. Another hardship and another hardship and it just seems to never stop. So how do we keep going as Christians? How do we carry on? Well, I've pointed this out as we've gone through the earlier parts of chapter 15, that if we look to the very end of chapter 15, the very final verse in verse 58 gives this conclusion, this appeal at the end of the chapter, that we should carry on faithfully following Christ through all the hardships of life. So look at verse 58, if you have your Bible open there, the very last verse, looking ahead. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Plenty of times when it feels like following and serving Christ is in vain because life just gets harder and not easier and we can grow weary. So why would we keep on? Well, verse 58 starts with that word, therefore, carry on faithfully. And the therefore is looking back to what has been said in the first 57 verses of this long chapter that's all about the resurrection. The resurrection. When we think about the resurrection, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, that we will be raised from the dead. When we think about the resurrection, it renews our hope. It gives us strength to keep on going in our faith. So today our focus as we work through this chapter focuses on verses 35 through 49 and in these verses the Apostle Paul now he invites us to think about what our own resurrection will be like. He's already in this chapter talked about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and now he says okay Jesus had been raised from the dead he was the first fruit we talked about in our last message. He's the first fruit that means that we will also be raised from the dead And now he shifts his focus in these verses to what will that be like for us? What will our resurrection be like, and specifically our resurrection bodies? 
Okay, so that's our focus today. What will our resurrection be like? And then we'll talk about how this gives us hope to carry on in life today. So here's our outline as we work through this passage together. It's in your bulletins up here on the screen as well, our three points walking through the text. First, that our resurrection bodies will be similar to our present bodies. Then second, that our resurrection bodies will be different from our present bodies. So we'll have similarities and differences. And then third and finally, our resurrection bodies will be like Jesus in his resurrection, that he is our example. Okay, so we'll walk through this here together. So first point, our resurrection bodies will be similar to our present bodies. And here we're looking at verses 35 through 41, if you have your Bible open there. In verse 35, this section of the chapter begins with someone raising a question about the resurrection. Verse 35, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Have you ever wondered this yourself or asked this kind of question, had this kind of curiosity? What's this going to be like? There's going to be this big resurrection from the dead. The graves are open, dead people coming back to life. What will these bodies be like? And it's, it's kind of a morbid thing to think about, but the question kind of surfaces because we know what happens to our bodies after we die. And what happens to our bodies? They, they decay and over time, and actually pretty quickly, the flesh rots away, and eventually the bones do. And people in Paul's day, back 2,000 years ago, they knew just like we know today what happens to our bodies when they decay. And then if you've ever wondered this, I mean, I've wondered this, maybe this is just my own morbid thinking here, but what about people who die in a way that really destroys the body? You know, what about people who die in a fire and their bodies are burnt up or, or maybe people who are cremated? What about people who get eaten by a shark? What happens then? Or, or what about those poor folks in that submarine who are down at the Titanic and the submarine implo imploded? And I heard one estimate that with the pressure of the ocean at those depths, that their bodies would have instantly been the size of a pencil, crushed to the size of a pencil down in the bottom of the ocean. How does resurrection work anyway? What are these bodies like when they come back to life? Is this going to be like a zombie apocalypse? Like the living dead with these decayed bodies wandering around on earth, kind of half awake? Well, verses 36 through 49 now, Paul says, well, here's what this is going to be like in the resurrection. And he begins by saying that in some way, our resurrection bodies, when we are returned to life by Jesus when he returns, our resurrection bodies will in some way be like, similar to our current physical bodies. And he uses the illustration of a seed, like we talked about with the kids. So look at verses 36 through 38. Here's what he says. This is verse 36 now. You foolish person, what you sow, what you put in the ground as a seed, does not come to life unless it dies. What you sow is not the body is, that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. Then verse 38, but God gives it a body as he has chosen into each kind of seed, its own body. He says, okay, a seed, when you put a seed in the ground, that's not the final product. It's not the final plant. It's just a seed. But then God grows out of that seed, the plant, the body that will be. But to each kind of seed... God gives a body according to the kind of seed that has been planted. 
So you plant a wheat seed, and what do you get out of the ground? What kind of plant? A wheat plant. You plant a carrot seed, you get a carrot. I mean, I'm assuming that you're capable of farming. If I plant a carrot seed, nothing comes out of the ground, or weeds come out of the ground, right? But you get the illustration that he's making. There are different kinds of bodies for different kinds of seeds. The body that comes out of the seed is always in keeping with the type of seed that you put in the ground. And in verses 39 through 41, if we keep going through the next few verses, 39 through 41, Paul says it's the same in the rest of creation. God has created all different kinds of things, not just humans with human bodies, but in verse 39, he has created different kinds of animals and birds and fish. In verses 40 and 41, he describes how God has created the heavenly bodies, the stars, the sun, the moon. And Paul's point is that God has created each of these things with their own kind of body. Each kind of animal has a form of flesh that's consistent with the kind of animal it is. And it's the same even for the bodies in the heavens. The the stars have a consistent shape or form to them. And the moon and the sun. These bodies, they don't shape shift. The sun doesn't become a star, although scientifically now we know the sun is a star, but you get the point. The moon doesn't become a dog. A cat doesn't become a fish. God gives a body in keeping with what they are. So if God gives a dog a dog body... If he gives a star a star body, if he brings a wheat plant out of a wheat seed, then what about us as humans in the resurrection? Now this gets to Paul's point, that when we die, we are like a wheat seed that goes into the ground in our burial. And when God brings us out of the ground, what kind of resurrection body will he give us? Well, a body that is in keeping with who we are, our human nature, a human body, a body that's consistent with our humanity, with our current human flesh. There will be something the same, something similar about our resurrection bodies. We'll still be human beings in much the same way we are human beings now. I'll still be Adam. You'll still be you. Now, if you think about this, in every case of resurrection in the Bible, when God brings someone back to life out of the grave, they have the same flesh they had when they died. When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and Lazarus comes out of the grave, he's still Lazarus. When Jesus is raised from the dead, he's still Jesus in his resurrection body with the holes in his hands inside. He still eats food. There's there's something similar about his nature. So I don't know, have, has anyone, have any of you ever taken a class in like biology or human anatomy, those kinds of classes, been to med school or nursing school or just had to suffer through it maybe in high school or middle school at some point? Okay, so what, what is our human body composed of? What kind of stuff makes up our human bodies? There's stuff like cells, chromosomes, DNA, Other words, I don't know what they mean, okay? These are all things that compose our human bodies. And Paul is basically saying here that in some way, after the resurrection, when we are raised from the dead, that textbook, the human anatomy textbook, will still be accurate. We'll have a resurrection body that is similar, of the same form or nature in some way, as our current human bodies. 
chromosomes, DNA, and the like. So that's pretty cool, right? I get to look like me after I'm raised from the dead. You get to look like you in some way. So that's what Paul's first point is. There will be something similar about our resurrection bodies. But we won't be exactly the same. There will be differences. And this takes us to our second point, that our resurrection bodies will be different from our present bodies. And this is now in verses 42 through 44, our focus, our second point. Our resurrection bodies will be different. Okay, so now we get to verses 42 through 44. Paul, again, he's going to use the language of sowing, of putting a seed into the ground and raising something up. But now he's going to take and look at the differences. Just like you put a seed in the ground and up comes a plant that's different, so also there'll be something different about us when we are raised from the dead. And he's going to point out in these verses four changes or four differences between our present body and our resurrection body. Okay, so look at verse 42 here. Here's what he says, verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Now here comes the first change. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. Then verse 43, the second change. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Then the third change, it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. And then verse 44, the fourth change, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Okay, so four differences now between the body that goes in the ground and the resurrection, the body that comes out of the ground. So let's walk through those four differences. First, he says our current bodies are perishable, but we will be raised imperishable. Okay, to be perishable means that we are dying, and we will die. When we talk about this word, sometimes we use the word perishable with food. We talk about perishable foods. It's a food that doesn't last very long. It makes me think of the bananas right now that are sitting on our kitchen counter. And what are our bananas doing? Somehow they went from green to dark brown in like one day, right? And we forgot to eat them in that yellow period of time in the middle. They're, they're rotting away, decaying very quickly on our counter. But what about Twinkies? What about Twinkies? I actually looked up, how long do Twinkies last? And would you believe the manufacturer says that they have a shelf life of 25 days for Twinkies? Okay, but we know the truth, right? What happens if you put a Twinkie in your desk for like 25 years? It's pretty much the same thing on the other side. It's as close as we can get when it comes to food to something that is imperishable. It doesn't rot away quickly. Well, Paul says in our bodies right now, we're like a banana. We are perishable. We're rotting and falling apart, and the evidence is everywhere. Our hair is turning gray or falling out for some of us. We start getting wrinkles. We get sick, and oh man, I used to get better so quickly, and now it just lingers. You know, we have new aches and pains, I'm realizing, I was talking with a few of you about this, that middle age means apparently that you get pains that you don't know where they came from. It's like, oh, I don't know why, but I, my back hurts and I don't even know what I did. And then the older, the older you get, you start having pains when you have a new pain. And then you, this is what I hear, I'm not there yet. But you have a new pain and when you're older, you then say, oh, I guess I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life. And that's how you know that you've gotten old when pains come and they never go away. That's what they tell me anyway. The point being our bodies are perishing, 
right now, but our resurrection bodies, Paul says, will be different. They're going to be imperishable, more like the Twinkie than like the banana, but even better than a Twinkie. Okay, no more pains, no more aging, no more falling apart over time, no more knee replacements, not perishing. So that's the first difference between present and resurrection bodies. Then the second difference, he says, we are sown, we go into the ground in dishonor, but we are raised in glory. When we go into the ground, we have something of our sin nature going into the ground, the consequences of sin and death go into the ground. The, the things that dishonor God are part of our current life and body. But when we're raised from the dead, Jesus will have returned in fullness of glory. He'll have rid the world of sin and, all, and death, all the consequences of sin. He'll bring us into the fullness of his glory, and we will be glorified so that there's nothing in us that does not fully reflect God's glory and give glory back to God. No dishonor left. All glory to God. That's the second change. Then third, he says, we are sown. We go into the ground in weakness, but we're raised in power. Our bodies now are weak. We grow tired and weary. We get sick. We grow old. We decline. Our resurrection bodies will in some way be more powerful, not subject to those same weaknesses. We won't grow tired in the same way. We won't have the same limitations we have now. Power. And then fourth and finally, the fourth change, this is by far the most confusing. Okay, he says in verse 44 that we are sown, we go into the ground, a natural body, and we're raised a spiritual body. Now, when we, when we read this statement, it, it first makes, it will sound to us like we're going into the ground as physical beings with a physical body, but we're coming out a spiritual body being, like not a physical body, like we're ghosts or spirits somehow that will spend all of eternity like nearly headless Nick. Okay, anybody know Harry Potter, nearly headless Nick, moaning Myrtle? Okay, that we're going to be spirits, disembodied ghosts floating around for all eternity. That's not what Paul's actually saying here. Okay, now this gets a little confusing. It takes a little digging into the language he's using but here, without getting too far into the weeds here, this, here's the bottom line of what Paul is saying. Bottom line is he's not describing here what our bodies are made up of. He's not describing what we'll be composed of, physical or spiritual. But he's describing here the nature or the source of life that we will have in our bodies. Okay, so the natural body is a way of saying that right now in this life, we have life in an ordinary way on earth, like other creatures have life on earth. But the spiritual body is a way of saying that in the resurrection, we'll have a different kind of life given to us by the Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit-empowered life. So it's not about what kind of body in the sense of its materialness and nature, but where will the life come from that empowers this body? And saying the Holy Spirit will give us life in a new kind of way, a new kind of life from the Spirit in the resurrection. Okay, now that's, that's a little confusing. If you have questions about it, we can talk about it more later. We can, we can geek out a little bit with the Greek and that kind of stuff. But that's, that's the essence of what Paul seems to be saying here. So four differences. Four differences. When we think about resurrection bodies. 
We will be in the resurrection imperishable rather than perishable. We will have glory, be glorious rather than dishonor, power rather than weakness, life from the spirit rather than natural life. And again, this is the most complete description of resurrection life that we find anywhere in scripture. And if you're like me, it still leaves us with more questions than answers about the details. How will this exactly work? What's this going to look like? It's kind of hard to imagine sometimes something that's in the future that we've never quite seen with our own eyes. It takes a little bit of imagination. But the reality of resurrection life, I think we can say this, the, re- the reality of resurrection life will be better than what we even can imagine it will be. Have you ever imagined something that you've not seen and then the reality, when you see the reality, it's a little disappointing. Have you ever had that experience? I remember as a kid hearing about manatee and about how amazing manatee are, that they're these huge water creatures that, that float around and they're real cool. They eat plants and they're like lumbering sea cows in the ocean, manatee. And I spent years with a picture of manatee in my head. And then when Susie and I began dating, she's from Florida, and so I traveled with her to Florida to meet her family, and I saw manatee for the first time, and it was a very disappointing experience. I mean, she was all excited. Oh, look, the manatee, look at the manatee. And I looked at them and thought and said, that's, that's it? They're not very big. It turns out, you've been calling them a sea cow, but it turns out if you take a cow and remove its legs and toss it in the ocean, it's actually a relatively small creature in the big ocean. And so so she's laughing at me and saying, what what did you think they were, like a blue whale? It was like, well, kind of, yeah, and maybe bigger. I mean, I don't know, vision manatee. And to this day, manatee are still disappointing to me every time I see them, and to this day, she still makes fun of me for being disappointed um, by manatee. But then a couple years after that, we saw the northern lights for the first time. And I'd heard a little bit about them. We were living in Alaska. It's, you know, seen pictures, whatever. And the first time we saw the northern lights, we didn't even realize what we were looking at. It was so spectacular. Like, what is that? And then that's the northern lights. And we stayed up all night watching them. We couldn't take our eyes off of them. And our resurrection bodies, when it comes to our resurrection bodies and thinking about how different they will be, and we try to use our imaginations for them, our resurrection bodies, our experience with them will be something more like the northern lights than like manatee, something better than what we can imagine, an imperishable, glorified, powerful spirit-empowered body with spirit life in it, pretty confident we're not going to get there and then be disappointed. It's going to be spectacular, the resurrection. And then we come to our third and final point. Our resurrection bodies will be like Jesus. Like Jesus. This is our third point, verses 45 through 49. Earlier in the chapter, back in verse 20, if you remember, Paul called Jesus the first fruit in resurrection. He was raised first, and we will be raised later in the same way in his footsteps, and our resurrection will be like his. 
And so this is what Paul's now going to describe in verses 45 through 49, but he's going to use language of the first Adam and the second man and this kind of language. And so he's taking us back to Genesis chapter 2, beginning of the Bible, when God created the first man and gave him the name Adam. And then he's going to talk about the second man who's from heaven, which is a reference to Jesus. And how he's going to say, just like how we're like Adam today, the first man, have life like he does, where his descendants will have life like Jesus does in the resurrection. Okay, so here's what he says. Look at verse 45 now. Verse 45. He says, Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, referring to Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. Then verse 46, But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, the man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Okay, so we'll pause there and, and think, talk this through a little bit. So again, Genesis chapter 2, God made the first man from dust, gave him the name Adam, and made him a living being. That's Genesis chapter 2 that Paul's referencing. And that man, the first man, Adam, had life in the natural way, like we talked about, the kind of life that we know here and now, the life that we have on earth today. That was the first Adam. All of us are descended from him, have life, the same kind of life he had. But now there's what he calls the last Adam. The second Adam, sometimes elsewhere in scripture, he's referred to the last Adam, which is Jesus. And Jesus also became a source of life and the power of the Spirit. He has resurrection life, a new kind of life from the Spirit. And now he gives life to others by the Spirit. He's in heaven. One day he'll return from heaven and bring that resurrection life to all who belong to him. So God gave the first Adam, natural human life. We've inherited that life from him. God gave the second, the last Adam, Jesus, resurrection life by the Spirit, and he will give us that same kind of life in the resurrection. And so based on that, we get verse 48. And now here's Paul's point here at this point with regard to Jesus. Verse 48, as was the man of dust, the first Adam, so also are those who are of the dust, were like him. As is the man of heaven, Jesus, so also are those who are of heaven, who belong to him, were like him. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. In the same way that today we have the same kind of life and body and form that's descended from the first man, Adam, born of dust, we have his image and likeness in the same way when Jesus raises us from the dead, we will inherit his kind of resurrection life and bear his image and be like him in the resurrection. So that's all kind of a roundabout way for Paul to say our resurrection bodies at the end of the day, you want to know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like Jesus in his resurrection body. What was Jesus' resurrection body like? Well, on the one hand, his resurrection body was similar to his body before the resurrection. His disciples could recognize him, so long as God hadn't closed their eyes, so they couldn't, but they could recognize him. They could touch his hands and his feet and the holes in his sides. They could know it was Jesus, hear his voice, and know it was him. But in another sense, Jesus was totally different. His body is no longer perishable now. 
Will he die again? No, he's not going to die again. He's not growing old in heaven. And though he died in dishonor on the cross, Jesus now raised from the dead is exalted in glory and he will return in glory. He's glorious rather than having dishonor. He died in weakness, surrendering his power, suffering abuse, not fighting back. But now what does he have in his resurrection? Great power. And he'll return in victory over all his enemies, striking them down. He has new resurrection life in the body, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's powerful. He's glorious. He'll never die again. And when we're raised from the dead, Paul says, we will be like him in his resurrection. Well, that's a lot to think about. And I hope that it's encouraging for us to think about the resurrection, to take some time and to be reminded of our hope, of our future, of how glorious that day will be when Jesus returns and raises us from the dead. You know, the world today, life as we know it now, what Paul called natural life, life in the body today, it is good in its own way. If, if we stop and take an assessment of life, we can look and see many good things that God blesses us with in life today. Many of his good gifts that he gives to us, the gift of life itself, the gift of our salvation, the comforts, the pleasures he gives us, the peace, the joy, Many blessings that we have in life today, and we know that's true. But like I mentioned at the beginning of the service, life is also hard because we are perishable. We are weak in this natural body. And that's something that we feel, sometimes more than others, but perhaps for some of us something that we feel even today, the weight of what's wrong with the world the weight of sin and death, the brokenness that comes with it. And maybe even for you today, that's, that's something that you feel sitting here today, that life is not the way it's supposed to be. There's burdens that we're carrying, the pain, there's suffering, there's sickness, there's injustice, death and all of its outworkings that's around us, the threat, the fear of death, the grief when we've lost someone we've loved. These are the very real and very heavy things that we face in life. And life can be a little overwhelming. It can stink a little bit, to use a word that's appropriate from the pulpit. And we wonder, is it worth it? What's the value in following Christ? What does it matter? Why carry on? In life, What difference does it make? Well, this passage reminds us of the good news. The good news that grows out of the gospel that Jesus has died for us, been raised from the dead. And through that, the promise that we have from God that if we have faith in Christ, this life is not the end. And we can say, yes, it is true that this life is broken. It's true that life stinks. It's true that we're perishable. It's true that we have dishonor, that we're weak. We can admit that. But this passage also reminds us of our hope. Our hope in the resurrection. 
that because Jesus has been raised to the dead, we know the promise is sure and certain that he will return and he will give us the same kind of resurrection life that he has. And our bodies, these bodies, will be raised from the dead. We'll still be us. We'll still be the same people. But we will be changed for the better. Made perfect with fullness of life from the Spirit of God. Glorious, powerful, imperishable. Never to die again. And so take hope and be encouraged as we think about the resurrection, that no matter what we are facing, we know the best is yet to come. And as Paul says here, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, with all of its brokenness and messed upness, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven and one day be like Jesus in his resurrection. And that's good news today, isn't it? Amen? Amen. This has been a podcast from Grace Church of Mabton. For more information, visit our website at mabtongbc.org.